now our segment, Every Day is Earth Day, which is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where you are part owner, member NCUA, more at minvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by Lee Pomeroy. And I've got a special guest this morning. And her name is Sharon Shriver. She is the executive director of SEMREX. It's S-E-M-R-E-X. And it also stands for Southeastern Minnesota Recyclers Exchange. And a little bit of background, what began as a way for counties in southeastern Minnesota to make recycling work in a rural area has evolved into a viable organization that helps counties, cities, and private businesses get the most for their recyclable materials. And through cooperative marketing of recycling materials and sharing educational resources and experience, the Southeastern Minnesota Recyclers Exchange has remained strong through the ups and downs of recycling for over 20 years. And joining me now is the Executive Director, Sharon Trever. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning, thank you for having me. Absolutely. You know. I did not know much about SEMREX, this, this Recyclers Exchange, and I thought if I don't know much about it, I bet a lot of other people don't either. So I thought, let's just talk about it because you do some important work there. So tell us a little bit of, of, about it. Yeah, um, SEMREX is a group of eight counties in the city of Red Wing. Um, the counties are Blue Earth, Dodge, Freeborn, Mocker, Olmstead, Rice, Steel, and Wasika, and then um, what we do is we work together to um, in, uh, promote recycling and market recyclables. Um, some of the counties market their recyclables through us and we find markets for their cardboard and their plastic and their aluminum cans and things like that to try and help them get the most out of it. Um, we, the group started back in the 80s, late 80s when recycling was just getting started and there weren't a lot of markets um, to be had for these kinds of materials. And so they, it's kind of a collaborative in the beginning. And then um, as we grew and recycling grew, um, it just was another job for, you know, recycling um, managers to do. And so we started doing the um, cooperative marketing together. So. We schedule the loads um, that go, you know, so that the, you know, cardboard can be made into new boxes and and plastic can be made into, you know, uh, carpet and various other things like that. So um, it's, yeah, it's been a long haul, but it's good and it keeps evolving and that makes it exciting. (laughs) Now you've been the director there for 20 years since it started? Um, No, actually, there, there was like a an organic group of the recycling managers in each county for quite a while, and then um, they decided that they needed a director. And I'm actually the third director. So okay. And what made you decide to get interested in this this business of recycling? Well, me personally, um, I uh, started with Olmsted County back. Um, when recycling wasn't cool <laughs> and they were losing their landfill um, because it was filling up and there were issues with it. And so um, I was hired back then and I kind of grew up in garbage and recycling and kind of evolved into the Semrex role. And um, I really I love what I do and it's just kind of a kind of a niche for me. <laughs> you know, you mentioned the, the landfills filling up 
how much of a problem is that still? Is it still a big issue? Has the recycling efforts being done lessened that? Or are we still at a, a state that's really, I guess, important to, to make some more changes yet? Um, recycling is very important. Um, in, before that, actually, reducing and reusing and repurposing and all of those things are actually a better option um, so that we can you know, keep things from having to be handled. Um, if you think about it, everything you buy, everything you do almost, you know, has some waste associated with it. And it's really hard to fathom all of that and where that all goes. And, you know, um, recycling is just an option for a portion of that because there's only markets for so many materials. Not everything can be recycled because of the expense and transportation and all of those kinds of things. So. You know, it's important important that we do our our best to you know try and make sure that waste doesn't get created in the first place. Is, is there still a crisis with landfills though today? With landfills, I'm sorry. Yes, um, it's very difficult to cite a landfill. There's a lot of um, environmental uh, studies that have to be done before you can cite one, and you know we obviously don't want to put a landfill just anywhere and. The landfill space, yeah, I mean, we keep creating things and buying things and all of that. And so, you know, and and if you've probably heard up in the Twin Cities, there's some issues with some landfills up there that may be leaking or, you know, having other problems and then trying to figure out what to do with them. So it's like, if we can keep whatever we can keep out of the landfill, then, you know, we don't have those problems, you know, years down the road. So. And just makes sense. <laughs> and of course, nobody wants it in their backyard. So I mean, it, it's a exactly. debate for no matter where it is. Some facts that you have on your site are that 8 million tons of plastic end up in the ocean every day. Every day. I, I was trying to think of 8 million tons. I mean, I know what a ton is, but 8 million, I can't even fathom that much plastic going into the ocean every day. So I mean, that is just, I guess, drastic when you when you when you think about it. And uh, some of the other facts you cite as the ocean plastic can be found everywhere from the deep sea it, to the frozen uh, remote Arctic ice. And uh, so it's uh, obviously a big problem. It says more than a million plastic bags are used every 60 seconds. So what are some things we can do to, to help with this? Because it just sounds overwhelming. It is. Um, I guess one of the biggest things is to know what to throw, um, know what to put in that cart. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, and, and know the options of what you can do. Like plastic bags should not ever go in your recycling cart because they get tangled up in the equipment that the, um, uh, you know, materials recovery facilities, like sort all of our materials out. Um, it gets caught up in that. And so, um, you know, we don't want to put those in there. And it's like, if you can, you know, take your own bag, reuse them. I mean, a lot of people use them to line their um, garbage cans with. Um, a lot of people use them to pick up after their puppies and, you know, things like that. And, you know, then you at least get another use out of it. And if we can, you know, bring your own bag. Um, I know that kind of went away with um, the COVID pandemic, but, um, you know, just make sure you're washing them and things like that to keep them safe you know you know but if you know especially if you're going to the hardware store you know you can reuse that bag many many times so things like that um 
you know, make sure that, you know, recycle all you can, um, but uh, make sure that, you know, the things that you're putting in the cart are the right things. Um, one of the big problems um, with curbside recycling is because people, you know, want to do a good job of recycling. Um, they sometimes put things that don't belong in the cart um, in the in the bin, and that you know causes problems. Like I like I mentioned with the plastic bags, um, another thing is batteries and um, electronics, things like that. They can be recycled, but they should never go in the recycling bin because they you know can start fires and things like that. And there's heavy metals in the electronics, and and that can actually cause some contamination in other items, especially if you know like your um, plastic bottles. Um, you know, have a little bit of material or, you know, detergent or something left in them, it gets all over the paper and then the paper can't be recycled. And, you know, just the things like that to be just cognizant of, you know, what actually can go in the recycling bin. And um, part of Semex's educational outreach is we've partnered with all of our counties and um, members and to um, get the waste wizard. And so on your, on the Blue Earth County are all of the websites for the various counties that are our members. We have the waste wizard and you can go in and type in any material that you have that um, you know you want to get rid of and it will give you the options for that. Now is the waste wizard the same thing as the materials exchange, the Minnesota materials exchange, or is that something different? Um, no, the waste wizard is a uh, Kind of a database full of um, a searchable database of all kinds of materials you know if you type in plastic grocery bags it'll tell you what to do with them oh okay and you know whether it has to go in the garbage some you know sometimes you can take them back you know like the um your shopping bags you can take back to the store that you got it you know like the grocery stores and things like that and they have specific bins for those and then they go back to a hub and then because they have such a mass quantity, then it's easier for them to recycle versus putting them in your curbside bin or, you know, taking them locally. It's just, it's it's handier to, because you can imagine how many plastic bags it would take to fill up a truck, especially if they're baled and condensed and things like that, so. Well, it's just recently uh, that we learned, uh, I had someone on the show talking about how they are now recycling those plastic bags, like whether it's from Walmart or Home Depot or any of those stores, those plastic ones or grocery store ones, and generally there's different sites where you can bring those um basically like you said back to the store and that hasn't always been the case i don't think i don't know does that include things like i've got um bags with that i get my potting soil or something in those are the plastic that's kind of stretchy is that that kind of thing uh able to Um, be recycled do you know Usually um, not because it's a little bit different type of plastic and especially with the potting soil that would have dirt in it. And that's, well, that's what I was wondering. Does it have to absolutely be pristine? So it's because I, I want to because there's so many plastic bags I use like for my compost bags or my soil bags or things like that as a gardener. And I'm sure other people use, you know, different products or whatever that come in those sorts of bags. So what can we do with something like that? Um, actually, the best thing to do with that is just throw that in the garbage. And I, 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 I know I cringe to say that out loud, but it's, but it actually is because it's like those things get caught up in the in the equipment and they have to shut down, you know, for hours. And people have to go in with you know knives and cut all of that out. And I mean, if you can imagine this 
big equipment with like gears that are, you know, rotating back, you know, right next to each other. And these things get tied up in there and people have to go in and, and actually cut that out. And it takes a lot of time, which means that other recyclables aren't getting through the process and, you know, um, getting sent to market. I think that's one of the frustrations with recycling because there are all those exceptions. Yeah, it is. And, and primarily the, the materials that do get recycled are the ones that are, you know, the biggest portion of the recycling stream. So the paper, the cardboard, aluminum and steel cans, um, glass bottles and jars, um, plastic one and two containers. Um, some facilities will take fives also. Um, I'm looking at your at the Blue Earth County um, waste wizard and it looks like they're still only taking ones and twos and that's because there's there isn't a big enough quantity of those in your recycling stream and um, you know they may not have a market for it at your recycling center so isn't that something that semrex works on just to try to find those markets yep yep um we do and um you know um they're they're have small you know limited quantities i guess is what they can take and so they're you know they're full or you know not able to take it and another thing is if it's a smaller facility sometimes they don't have room to store you know so many materials i mean you know they can maybe store six different materials or seven different kinds of materials but they don't have a room for that eighth type and and you know the plastic um ones number one bottles you know they get made into carpet and things like polar fleece you know and things like that and then the the number twos get made into you know a different product and so they all end up getting sent different directions and so you know we kind of we have to keep them separate and it is frustrating because it's like i'd like to recycle everything too it's just you know we're not we're not there yet and and the um, manufacturers are still you know making things out of these other products and so that's one of the things I've also been involved with is a group um, from uh, the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency started a group um, to do some marketing um, and working with some of these companies. And so it's, we're, we're working on it. It's just kind of a slow process because you have to, you know, the, the manufacturers, you know, have their process of where they buy materials. And sometimes the di design folks don't talk to the supply folks and, you know, and just making sure it's it's recyclable. One of the other things is even, you know, in the best of cases, like um, some of the uh, meal in a box where you get the ingredients and then you cook it at home, um, those kind of things have actually been advertising that, you know, it is recyclable because it's made out of a certain, like a polyethylene or a number one. And actually some of those are um, not, able to recycle, be recycled, and they end up getting sent different directions. Uh, one of the ones I'm thinking of is, it's like a flat um, styrofoam kind of material between two layers of plastic, and it says it's number one and that it's recyclable. But that ends up, um, because a lot of the materials are sorted with optical sorters, so it's gotten very complex. It's not people sorting it out anymore. It's, it's optical sorters, and so these pieces of this styrofoam plastic material look like a piece of paper. And so it ends up going with the paper stream and 
paper folks don't like plastic in their paper stream. And so it is really a contaminant and can contaminate, you know, you know, bales of the material if there's too much of it in there. And it's just, so then the paper doesn't get recycled either. And so it's just a lot of things like that, just working with the manufacturers and trying to figure out, you know, how we can help each other do a better job of getting things out of the waste stream. I think that's one of the challenges that has been the challenge for recycling. Uh, last week I was up north at a resort and one of the things they've always done in the past is recycle all the compost. So any, whether it's your fruits and vegetables and things, you'd put them in a pail and they take them out to this pile and compost them for gardening, whatever. Well, they quit doing it. And this year I said, well, where's the pail for re recycling our our waste products and and they said well we don't do it anymore and i said well why not they said because too many people put the wrong things in and it just got to be so much of a chore to sort everything out so i mean it makes me think is recycling not a good idea is there something what's i mean what has changed in the last 20 years to try and improve this because it just seems like i wonder how much actually is going to waste because of this issue you're you're referring to well we it has evolved over the years and it's gotten a lot bigger and more and more is always being recycled. I mean, we, you know, like I said, I started when in garbage and recycling when recycling wasn't cool. So yeah. a lot of has been going into this and, you know, people generally know, you know, the main items to go in. It gets, you know, it gets trickier as we get, you know, more items manufactured and in different, you know, we've seen a big switch from like glass to plastic for, you know, all kinds of, you know, bottles and jars and things like that. The food comes in, you know, um, peanut butter used to always come in a plastic jar and now it comes in a plastic jar. And, oh, you mean a glass you know, jar, wasn't it? Or I'm sorry. Yeah, a glass jar yeah. and now it comes in a plastic jar. And it's Are just, those recyclable? Because you know, they usually have peanut butter sticking to the sides and it's hard to get out. They do. And what I usually say with that is, you know, do a, well, peanut butter, you'd probably have to take a spatula, but it's like, you know, I always want to get all the peanut butter out anyway, so <laughs> that does, that works for me. And um, otherwise, just, you know, usually it's just a quick rinse. Um, if you think about the people in the facilities doing this work, it can get smelly, and if there's a lot of residue and things like that, it can cause really bad odors, and so it's just kind of be kind to the people on the other end and, and, and just give it quick rinse and you know don't use a gallon of water on it but it's just you know you can kind of get most of it with a with a quick rinse and you know see that there's no big chunks or things like that and that that helps a lot um you know with contamination and things like that well another thing I always wonder about too is you know you've got the peanut butter jar that's plastic but then you've got the lid that's a hard plastic same thing with water bottles they've got the softer plastic and the harder plastic mm -hmm. Is all of that recyclable or are there differences because then you say, well, do I leave the lid on? Do I take the lid off? And I've heard you should leave the lid on because otherwise it gets lost in the whole vast number of things going through the machines, et cetera. Generally, um, yes, you should leave the lid on. Most of the materials recovery facilities today that um, were, you know, that do this, like the lid on. I mean, if you have a little um local facility that is you know run by you know people in the community i, I know you know mauer county and homestead county have those kinds of facilities um ask them or go to their waste wizard and find out whether it's caps on or caps off um typically like i said the bigger materials recovery facilities like the caps on because it keeps it 
number one, three-dimensional, so it doesn't get flattened and end up with paper. And then it also, you know, kind of, you don't lose all those little teeny caps everywhere. And, you know, that that ends up getting in something else. You mentioned flattening. Now, so you don't want the plastic bottles flattened. You don't want the the aluminum cans flattened because I mean a lot of us do that to conserve space so is that a no-no or is it okay um typically yeah they do like it I like what I do is I keep it so it's it's not completely flat but it's like you can pinch the end of it shut so that the I usually throw the lid in the bottom of it and then I can just kind of pinch it with my fingers not you know I can't always get it all the way pinched even just just so that lid doesn't come out and some of that kind of stuff, you know, but that lid, if it's separated, then that can end up with paper and the flat stuff too, so. But, but I mean, is it okay to flatten cans and things like that before you recycle? Um, it's, yeah, it's, I guess, if it's going to a materials recovery facility like that, um, they prefer that they weren't. I mean, you can, oh. you know, squish down a little bit to, you know, save space. I mean, that's, you know, it seems, well, one thing I was reading in your recycling facts was talking about there's no limit to the number of times aluminum cans can be recycled. So if you're getting a drink, should you preferably buy it in a can versus a bottle because you're going to be able to reuse that product completely versus the, the plastic, which a lot of times goes into the oceans or wherever? Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, they're coming out with a lot of different products. Um, they have aluminum bottles now that I've seen. Um, you know, for, for water and, you know, different things. I've also seen um, like a, almost looks like a plastic, well, beer cup yeah, <laughs> or sure. punch, whatever, you know, that's that's made out of, you know, aluminum that can be recycled. So, you know, they're, they're, they're being creative and that's good, you know, and just, just make sure that those items are actually recycled and, and, and those cups and, and the um, aluminum bottles are recycled recyclables. So. How have the markets been over the years for recycled goods? Because it seems like we hear they're up and down and sometimes there's no market for it. And so you, you think, well, is it even worth recycling? Do I do it? Do I don't do it? What has that been like over the years? Has it been improving or you still got those roller coaster ups and downs? Um, we do have good good markets right now for the, for the paper, the cardboard, aluminum, steel, glass, um, uh, and you know, the ones and twos, like I mentioned, um, they're pretty stable markets. And a lot of them are, you know, not, you know, probably within a five state area that we've got some kind of a market that we can ship the materials to. So that's good. Um, over the years, oh yeah, they've, I mean, we, um, back in the eighties there, I remember cardboard markets being so bad that, you know, we had this huge pile of, um, cardboard outside one of the recycling centers. We called it Humphrey the Whale because it was just this big, huge pile of cardboard, but that hasn't happened in years and years. And and we do have some good stable markets in the state of Minnesota for that. And um, so they've been around for years and we expect them to continue. So, yeah, I mean, I think for the main items, it's just, you know, these everybody wants to recycle more and more and it's just kind of trying to, you know, find out what else we can recycle and, and, you know, even market development in some, some, some ways to try and get, you know, other items that we can recycle. What kind of places are buying these recycled products, you know, and what, what do they use them for? What are some examples for example, that we're Um, contributing to? 
products. Yeah. Oh, well, we, you mentioned markets a little bit ago. Um, during the beginning of the pandemic, you'll remember there was a uh, um, surge on purchasing toilet paper. And um, one of the things that we saw, I mean, we're, we're one of the few at the time that actually had good luck with that because um, paper is and like white office paper is made into tissue paper. So that's one of the things. So the market went up on that went really high during that <laughs> the pandemic. Um, that's kind of stabled out since, but it's still pretty good. Um, cardboard typically gets made into new cardboard boxes. Um, some of the box board, like the cereal, cake, cookie, cracker, cereal boxes, um, that gets made into usually like a less um, like uh, egg cartons and things like that. Um, aluminum, you know, can be made into anything from baseball bats to new pop cans to, you know, airplanes, they, you know, just kinds of things. Um, the steel and tin cans um, typically, yeah, I mean, they use that in making new steel. So it's anything from new tin cans to, you know, re-rod or anything like that. Um, glass typically gets made into new glass um, and plastic. Uh, I think I mentioned the uh, water bottles, the number ones get made into uh, like carpet and polar fleece and the stuffing in like winter jackets and things like that. Um, the number twos um, get made into, oh, like the plastic bumps or the stops in parking lots, the yellow bumps. Um, we've also got some good companies, fairly local, um, that are making um, the plastic decking and the plastic furniture, um, things like that. Um, let's see, did I miss anything? Well, when you talk about the, the furniture and the plastic decking and things like that, and I know that lasts a long time. Is that stuff recyclable or is that the kind of thing where they make it into this product and now then you've got it still the waste going on? Um, I, I know with the plastic decking, a lot of times they'll add other things to it. I know they used to at least use sawdust in it to make it have the same, you know, consistency. Um, qualities yeah. yeah and just you know so that it behaves the same as a board um they uh so that would not be able to be recycled unless they can recycle it again through their process at that factory i would i would say you know most likely do you do any recycling of things like solar panels and uh, wind turbine blades and things like that because i know that down the line it's becoming a big a lot of people are getting it, and down the line, that's going to be an issue. So just wondering if that's something that Semrex is looking at as a possible future item that they'll have to deal with. Um, we haven't. I know the counties are all talking about that because that is a big problem and a big concern because there are, you know, can be toxic chemicals in solar panels, and the, the blades of the windmills are just so huge that they can't be landfilled. And I, from what I understand, they they can't be recycled. But um, used to be the batteries couldn't, you know, the, the batteries, you know, weren't recycled and now they are. And so, you know, some of the things, you know, like um, wires, electric wires and things like that can also be recycled. And so, I mean, they do, you know, we can get pretty creative if we've got a problem. So hopefully that's, you know, 
one of those things that is coming down the pike to to find you know at least you know other uses or ways to manufacture them so that it isn't such a problem on the back end so it sounds like there's still a lot of research and and development that has to go on to really deal with a lot of these problems that you're mentioning with recycling yes definitely I saw on your, your site there's a mention of something called the Minnesota Materials Exchange, which I was not aware of. And you go to www.mnexchange.org, and it's kind of a like a swap meet where people have stuff that they give away for free. And I know you see things like that on Marketplace sometimes, too. And I looked at it. There's not a lot of stuff on there. So I thought, well, maybe not a lot of people know about that. But talk a little bit about that site and, and what um, that's all about and what you're hoping to do with that. Yeah, um, it's actually through the University of Minnesota. Um, it kind of manages that site, and um, people can business. You typically businesses um, can put thing put materials on there. Like um, I know a big one over the years has been like packing peanuts, and they you know connect with somebody. You know if you've got a you know huge amounts of like packing peanuts, so you can you can list them and then. You know, people can go on that site and, you know, pick them up or, you know, find out where you are and, and make arrangements to get them transported. Um, it works really well. Um, and I sometimes people just kind of go offline. It's like, oh, company X has, you know, this material and company Y needs it. And then they develop a relationship and then it doesn't get listed anymore. Okay. You know, things like that happen. Um, otherwise, it's like, yeah, I think you know, people just don't really realize that it's there. So that's probably something we could do some more promotion on. <laughs> do you have any statistics that show over these 20 years that you've been in existence with Semrix, uh, this, the organization's been in existence, how much you've kept out of the waste stream because of Semrix, the organization? Like tons, or I don't know what they measure it in, but is there any... Um, way to measure that. Yeah, each year um, the counties have to provide a report to the state of Minnesota on the um, um, material that we've recycled. And um, I just, I can kind of, I'm trying to pull up a report here on the materials that have actually gone through Semrex. I was just wondering because it seems like it would probably yeah. be pretty significant and probably increasing over the years if I had to guess. We're, yeah. we're talking um, with Sharon Schriever of the Southeastern Minnesota Recyclers Exchange. She is the executive director located in Rochester. You got an answer? Um, I do, actually. It looks like 121,685 tons. Oh. And that is just the material that has gone through Semrex. I mean, like uh, Blue Earth County actually um, does their, um, they ship their, it's, I think it's, I believe it's run by a private the recycling center and so they ship their materials so that wouldn't even be included in, in these numbers. So it's a lot more than that. Um, the state of Minnesota has a website too that you can go to and, and find out for your particular county, you know, how much glass and aluminum and you know, cardboard and some of those kinds of things are recycled um, through the score report, I believe it is. We are out of time, Sharon, but 
if no. we could give the address. Uh, you've got some great facts on your site, the Southeastern Minnesota Recyclers Exchange. Go to Semrex, S-E-M-R-E-X. You can Google that. And there's some facts about recycling products that you can find and, and the ways you can uh, get more stuff recycled that you have. Anything else you'd like to, to say in conclusion here, Sharon? Um, uh, just, you know, just remember to uh, put things in the bin and, you know, reuse or repurpose anything to try and keep it out of the landfills and recycle right. And the wizard, how do we get to the wizard to find out what to recycle in the correct way? Um, best way, I guess, would be just be um, to put in your county name, like Blue Earth County, and then Waste Wizard, and it should come up. Usually it comes up top, top tier. So Very good. Thank you so much, Sharon, for your time. We appreciate it. Take care. Yeah, thank you. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. All right, that was a Sharon Schriever with the Southeastern Minnesota Recyclers Exchange. And... Uh, Every day is Earth Day. It's supported by Minnesota, Fe- Fe- Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where you are a part owner, member NCUA, more at minvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by Lee Pomeroy. It is two minutes past 11 and you are listening to a Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin online at KMSU.org. Broadcasting from the campus of Minnesota State University, Mankato. Big ideas and real world thinking. (laughs) 